What's up, you beauties? Welcome to another episode of I Am Wide Radio, episode six of season six. I'm your host, Jim Michael joined as always by Jack Smith. Travis Ballinghoft has the night off once again. If you're watching us live on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and set an alert for future shows. And if you're listening as an as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to uh, get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Um, all right, boys and girls, we are six games into the 2023-2024 Flyers regular season. Uh, Flyers are 3-2-1. and one. They lost a couple tough games, uh, one over the weekend, I believe, and then one last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, yeah, Jack. Six games in, three, two, and one. Not the same start they had last year. Uh, 18 goals for, 16 goals against for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, what have you seen so far out of these guys? Uh, Torts kind of has them playing. They, they they look sharp. Morgan Frost hasn't played in four games. What's going on so far with you for the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, I mean, outside of you know rebuilding and quote unquote tanking the draft class, it's been uh, it's been pretty pretty good. It's hard to argue. It's a lot of a lot of um, Bobby Brink. I've been loving what I'm seeing Zamula, although I think he had a rough play the other night. But like um, Hart, Hart looks like he's played every game. I think he's looked great. <clears throat> um, you know, Sandheim's putting on the muscle, Jim. So outside of the uh, Giroux move where he. Uh, he uh, pickpocketed him. He's he's looked pretty solid. I mean, everybody's looked pretty solid, but it's looked pretty good. Uh, it comes down to me that this team does not really have a, as we know, a truly dynamic offensive player. So, in a way, Torres is kind of the perfect coach for them. They have to play a certain system with what they have, and it tends to work. Like, and I, what I do like seeing is in the game against Dallas, you got three shorthanded goals, two of them from Konechny. That like never say die attitude were in years past. That game's over before the second period ends. It's five to one, six to one, and they're packing their bags. Um, and then they play a really tight, close game against the defending, defending cup champions at midnight. Um, and you know, and it was uh, this, those, those are the kind of losses we need where everybody contributes. They play the hard fought game. They just come up short because unfortunately you don't want points because we need, we still need more prospects and whatnot. But if you're going to lose a game, you lose a close game. Uh, you lose like that. So I, it's hard to be upset with anybody, I guess, except for frost, which is his own, its own anomaly. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, there are some injuries. Um, I don't really care about the stall one because he can still be with the team and still, you know, be with something of a mentor, which is why he's here. He doesn't necessarily need to play. Uh, Risto, on the other hand, if you're trying to unload that contract, definitely not this year. <clears throat> I think he's got, what has he got, four years left still? This is yeah. year four. Yeah. So uh, it probably doesn't even matter because, you know, but he does, it does sound like he's going to be out for an extended period of time which means we're going to see some more Andre and Zamula, which I'm not against at all. This is the year to see everybody under the sun and try things. And I told you they were going to get hurt. And we did looks like we did dodge a bullet with Coots early on, uh, but it's, it's starting and uh, we'll see if they can keep this momentum. A lot of people are already, I've seen in other outlets and it's blowing my mind. It's like they're tanking wrong. They're doing it wrong. It's like, Jesus, they tried to trade Sandheim. Lord knows they tried to trade Sandheim heart was dealt the same day as Proveroff in our eyes. And we know why that got pulled back. If it even, you know, was 
got that far along, but it was pretty close being reported. They moved on from a, from plenty of players, uh, and I don't think adding Hathaway and Paling and you know people of that and Walker. I don't think that's why they're doing what they're doing. No, it's definitely TK. It's Coots. Farabee's got a couple of goals. Brink has looked great. Um, you know, they have a decent team. Like have, I don't think that they're. They're not contenders or anything like that. When I say decent team, like they have decent lines, but they don't have any top echelon lines. That's not going to separate them from the pack. Ultimately, they're going to start to drop in the standings. I, and it, they they tend to get off to a hot start every year. And I shouldn't even say hot. Like like fifth, they're above five hundred, right around five hundred. Wait till November. Wait till November rolls around. First, second week in November, then things start really falling off. November is like the worst month for them, no matter what kind of. Either where they're trying to win now or, or I don't know. November is bad for them. And I think they're going to continue to get hurt. A lot of teams do. McDavid's currently out. But then you, I think you're going to see some issues. But can't argue when you get the full unit out there what they're doing. It's, it's hard to have any issues with that, especially three shorthanded goals and against a team that's clearly better than you to keep things going. It's fantastic. They can't ask for, for much more. Yeah. Uh, that was a hell of a hell of a game. That was against Dallas, right? Three shorthanded goals. Uh, they end up losing in overtime. They get a point. Dallas, in my opinion, is a cup contending team. Uh, another four to one win against the McDavid and Drysaddle led Oilers. Uh, I'm just saying it's you know uh, well, a three two loss. To me, though, if you look at the Oilers, that's more of an Oilers issue than it is a Flyers success. Yes, take care of business against a better team, but they are really looking like they're struggling right now. Yeah, it's early, but the Flyers seem to take advantage. It's one of those weird things because the Flyers played them really well last year too, remember? They I, think they, I think they won at least one and maybe should have won the second. They won in a shootout or lost in a shootout. I can't quite remember, but for whatever reason, they play the Oilers well. If you play a pretty fundamentally sound game against the Oilers, it puts you in a good position to at least compete. Uh, they're they're such a wacky team. The Oilers they have there's a lot of talent on that team, but they feel all over the place. Now, mm -hmm. Andrew Kane, he's like fighting because they're losing. I, I, he's not this looking like the same guy they re-signed at all. Obviously, lose McDavid hurts a bit. They have defensemen. Are they really any good? Sure, some of them like Bouchard could be really good eventually, and that's even more so offensively. But who's their goalie again? Skinner? Uh, who else they got? Skinner and I believe Campbell, yeah. Like, are we really, like, you know, hitching? Their, people pick them to win the cup. I'm not saying it's not possible. They got to, you know, straighten some things out, obviously. Losing McDavid sucks. But they they got they just feel like a team with a bunch of pieces. And you got, the pieces are going to take all season to get put together. So I think the Flyers took advantage of that pretty early. And if you're a fundamentally sound team versus a team that has a lot of talent, but they're all over the place, I think you can come out on top. And I think that's why they typically play them pretty well. Um, <clears throat> ask me again if they play them again in like April or March. So we shall see. But um, early, early signs with this team. They're playing as a team. But yeah. Well, there you go. They're a unit. They're a team. There's, there's definitely <laughs> – people who have spots to lose, which makes you want to buy into what the coach is selling. Cause if you don't, you're not going to play. And some guys are not going to be here if they, and they, they want to look good on their next team. So there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of fa different factors with the flyers right now. 
And um, I think that has a lot to do with Tortorella. It has a lot to do with where the team is at. And I do – I just – I don't see momentum carrying over. As you can see, these last two games played very well, playing teams that you just don't have the talent to play against, and they're coming up short. And you can't expect them to score three shorthanded goals to get back in games every game either. Jack, if I was to ask you, just off the top of your head, who leads the team in plus-minus right now? Who would you say? Oof. Uh, Zamula. <laughs> I can see you looking over there. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, he does. He's plus six. Who's second? I actually didn't even pull it up, but I, last week um, I did see he was like a plus five or something. I was like, wow, geez. So I was my guess. Uh, second, is it another defenseman? Is it Sandheim? Yeah. No, it's Nick Sealer. Really? Okay. That's his, the ice time, his ice time, though. The, well, the, I'm not, let me see here, but the got third pair leads the team in plus minus, I guess is my point. Like, yeah, no, no, no. let's see. Let me pull this up. Now. <laughs> it's healer, Samula. And, but I think, no, yeah, yeah. Time per game. It's Zamula's only a little bit more. I thought it was more than that. It's yeah, only I mean, four games played, but he's got six points. <laughs> Sealer's got none. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like the, the third pair is getting it done when, when they're on the ice. I mean, it, that's what you want. You want them to, not give up more goals than they score. I was I was just surprised to see that stat. I was kind of browsing around through the stats here, and I noticed that Zamula and Sealer lead the team in plus minus through. I know we talked about um, him last week with Zamula, and it, and the reason I keep bringing him up, and I've like I've like done a one eighty. I I haven't seen much from the guy up until this year. Not much at all. I wouldn't say he was bad. He just, of all the defensemen vying for spots and opportunities, he's pretty, outside of being here for a while in the organization, I mean, he's pretty far down the list. And I can't even say I saw anything in preseason games or at least the earlier ones or camp that made me, well, he's got to be here. Like, I was kind of shocked, uh, although there are a lot of openings on D, but He's since the season has started, he's really impressed. And now with these injuries, I don't really care that Risto's out. If anything, I'm like, great, let's see more, more young guys. Let's see more Zamula. Like, this is the guy with maybe it's six games, but this is the guy we thought for him for. We thought we were getting when we got a free agent, you know, signing essentially, um, much like Phil Myers. So maybe he can be the real thing. He had to put on muscle and keep it on. And it seems like he has. He does look bigger out there. So. Got number five, big old number five in there. I'm like, there's there's Coburn out there, big old oof, just missing the nose. But um, you know, I mean, if you get anything from this guy, that's a win. Are you kidding me? So I I like what I'm seeing. Like it's it's um hard hard to have issues with this early season with much of anything. I think people have issues with Tortorella. But that's about it. Uh, they're always going to, and it's always a specific type of person. Uh, no offense to anybody out there, but it's, you, you know, the people that don't like torts are all, from what I see. They're, you know, I, I love all you guys, so I don't want to put you down, but I'm, I'm sure if you don't like torts, you're probably not listening to this show. Um, but, yeah. Uh, anyways, Igor Zamula, I, I haven't watched him as much, admittedly, even between this week's show and last week's show. Only played in four games. Three points plus six leads the team. It's just interesting to me. I'm not going to touch on it too much, um, but something to watch. Maybe they actually do have something in Zamula there. It's only four games, so, you know, we'll see. Um, we do have some topics here. I want to get to the guys in the comments first. I appreciate this. Zach, love the shirt, Jim. Love you too, Zach. And Dave, 
that shirt should be part of a giveaway, Jim. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> I think you should sign it and give it away. I love this shirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So pretty solid start for the Flyers. Obviously, you know, only a game over 500 and stealing some points from good teams here. Uh, tough one last night. Tough night overall in Philly sports. Uh, the Phillies go down. Uh, and then, you know, we're all watching the Flyers. I don't know about you, Jack, but I fell asleep, I think, just before – the third period started. I might've woke up some point in the third period and went back to sleep. And then, you know, so you're disappointed last night, you go to bed disappointed and you wake up this morning, disappointed her because the flyers lose. <laughs> I, was, I woke up appointed because you I woke just, up appointed. It was all Phillies for me. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was at a lot of Philly sports in a nutshell right there, man. Uh -huh. So, like I just want to see that, you know, that they had a competitive game. I read the game notes and whatnot. And, you know, they, it was playing against the defending cup champs and they didn't look out of place. Like what more can you ask for? And we are not doing anything this year. So I'm not upset with the L I'm just not. Mm -hmm. What I am upset with is the NHL playing every single friggin' team on Tuesday. First off in fantasy, that's, that's horrible. That's absolutely atrocious. Especially um, if you're in our league. Right. And then you, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, starting almost nobody. And then, um, you know, and then you find out, like, the reason they're doing it, which I get it. It's, you know, you, you have other priorities. But speaking of priorities, and I'm, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, Jim. It just seemed like a, a good um, uh, segue. <clears throat> ESPN's coverage of hockey. I know everybody's had issues with this in the past. ESPN has openly had bad broadcasts. They look – a lot of times the um, analysts are – idiots like they don't know what they're saying um espn posted they had every single team play last night zero highlights between their two biggest instagram accounts 64 plus million followers on a night where 16 games were played on espn and espn plus are you satisfied with espn's coverage of the nhl i mean i I've, last year i wasn't this year uh i haven't watched too much to tell you the truth i'm still getting into hockey. I think I was too invested in the Phillies postseason, you know, and in, in life. But uh if it was anything like last year, I caught so I caught intermission between the game. It was Messier, Subban, and uh is it Dan Levy is his name? The the ESPN host. And oh those guys are okay. Like I still would rather watch TNT over ESPN, you know, just because uh of the the guys during the intermission and if Liam McHugh and Bissonette and Gretzky and you know those kind of guys. Uh, you know what else I no overall no I'm not happy with ESPN's coverage. But you know what else I don't like when they put the little the names over the players like we're playing NHL like during the game. Uh -huh. like, just let the let the play by play guy tell you who has the puck. Like I don't need that stuff on the screen. Well, he's there. I, I feel like I'm being a guy yelling at the clouds right now. But like I I don't need that. Like just. The play, let the play-by-play -play guy do his job, and take the stupid shit off the screen. So you're saying you don't want the uh, the the puck to have that little blue thing over it either? Okay. I actually don't. I actually don't mind that, and I think they should do that for baseball. To tell you the truth, because wow, we're watching. I'm what we were talking before the show. We're like, what the hell is the strike zone? And there's some pitches where okay, maybe the ball lands, you know, wherever the the dot is on the screen, but and you can't actually see the ball going through the strike zone. If they put a tail on the ball, you can see where the ball drags through the plate. So if you, you could say, okay, well, that was a strike. 
It just didn't land as a strike. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, in play, during actual play, I don't know how well that's going to go over. They do have a lot of graphics that kind of show, you know, where, what happened with the pitch. I kind of go by that. But I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I just, just – I can see it. I, I watch it. A lot of people I argue with that don't like hockey say that. Oh, I can't see the puck. I'm like, it's a black puck on white ice. What else do you need? You know, but – it didn't go over well back then, but maybe in today's day and age, they can do it better. Um, I purposely don't have any issues, but that's me. There's a comment here from Zach. Those three PK Moose and Levy did a good job. Bucci and Weeks were so annoying and it might be unpopular because I think Bucci is pretty popular on Twitter or Bucci Gross. I don't, I don't know if I'm a fan. He, he, he does annoy me too. Weeks, maybe not so much, but Bucci Gross, Kind of does annoy me a little bit, and uh, I, I see I've seen Butchergross at, at one of the games, and uh, great guy. He weirds me out a little bit. He's like a like a tall elf or something. I don't know what it is about him, but he like moron, huh? Weird, like weird vibes. I don't know how to explain it. Like he, I don't know. Just kind of was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be around this guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy, and it's you know I'm getting off topic because Zach just called him uh, annoying, and I'm like, eh, this guy might not be good, but. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, what did you think of those guys, Jack? I, I'm one of those people that typically don't have issues with the on air talent like that. When I referred to it, it was more any, any like ESPN article that goes up, anything ESPN, they're trying to promote hockey in some way, shape or form with somebody, the former players, the people in the league, they don't tend to bother me too, too much. Um, sometimes it feels a little forced, but, uh, I, I almost don't listen sometimes because I'm I'm watching and I don't need to hear them except for maybe an occasional player or whatnot. Um, I understand why people would they, say they were a, a little annoying for sure, um, but ultimately it doesn't really bother me unless like somebody's clearly showing favoritism, which you're not going to really have in the regular season. It's more of a playoff thing. Uh, there are certain players that if they were like on, it would annoy me. Like if Barnaby was on there, he would annoy me. But mm-hmm. that's a personal thing. You know what I mean? I, I'll be honest with you. I'll t- I think that everybody loves um, how you just said him. Bissonette, right? I think he, he overdoes it sometimes. He was like cheering last year in the playoffs. He's like, woo, woo. I'm like, he's, he, this is the most overacting I've seen in quite some time. And I'm sure people are pumping their fists. Oh, he loves hockey. He loves, I'm like, yeah, he loved to play because he was barely on the ice. So uh, <laughs> shouldn't have said that. But uh, like, that kind of stuff irritates me a little bit because it just feels so forced. I hate when they try to force things. Just, just analyze the game. Like they try to do a joke. Remember the Tocket joke they tried? It was like it was the some of the hockey players don't have personalities. So when they try stuff and they force it, it crumbles. If it's horrible, it's so horrible. They're like Tocket, act like you were coaching the team or something, and he's yelling at the analyst. It was cringeworthy. <laughs> it was so bad. It was cringeworthy. I don't remember if I saw that. I kind of, I kind of like it. Like. You like cringe, huh? You like that? So when I, I do kind of, yeah. When I watch the TNT, I'm like, yeah, get get weird with it. Get nuts. Like, make this as weird as you can you can do it. Well, yeah. when I watch ESPN, like, I, I like Messier and, like, his style of, um, you know, as he analyzes the game. But I like Subban more because I think Subban brings a little bit of, uh, I was going to say color, uh, but it's <laughs> – Take that way, but he, he just spices it up a little bit. Like, like whereas Messi, whereas Messi is a little bit black and white, you know, and how he analyzes the game. Subban is a little bit more 
you know, colorful and animated. And um, I, I enjoy that. It looks like he's having fun. But uh, to me, their personalities don't so much mix. Mm. So it, it doesn't make it awkward, but it's like Messier is like, come on, man, I'm trying to do my job here. And Subban's and trying to do his job and have fun They're while he's doing it kind of thing. Totally different generations. So it's not right, right. They don't they don't really mesh. And I think when Chelios is on there too, it's like Chelios, Chelios and Mass are two of the same uh, kind of guy. And mm-hmm. Subban just doesn't really fit in with them. So uh, if, if Subban not- was on TNT, that would be fun. Yeah, maybe that's why. I don't know. I can't say for sure. But anybody in the comments, if you're curious, I'm looking for a new co-host because Jim's going to get canceled. Because <laughs> I said Subban brings color to the. Uh, then you're like, the guy's black and white. I'm like, oh, he's just throwing <laughs> everything out there. I mean, he's trying. Yes. Oh, man. But no, I agree. I totally agree with that. And you can see the, the generational difference. That's like you're not going to see Gretzky getting up there. And go, Woo! Whoa! Playoff hockey! Wow! They right. Like, okay. Take it easy. What I like about Gretzky is when they when they do get nuts, he's like, "All right, pipe down," because like, he he's the best. Like if if the that's great right. one tells you what to do, he's yeah. like, "All right, that's enough." Like you know, he puts you in your place. Everybody, everybody, settle down now, okay? <laughs> Done farting around. He's like the Godfather. Yeah. You know, this everybody go back to the seats. That's once good. he says something like that's it. You're like, what are you going to say? This is the guy, the greatest guy that ever played the game. Like you can't say nothing. So they got a good mix. Um, did, did you get a chance to watch any of that, uh, any of the 16 games? Uh, I was locked in on the fills, believe it or not. So I didn't get to watch any hockey until. I, I, I had to like take blood pressure medication all day in preparation to watch the fills. And I checked in on some scores, obviously for fantasy and whatnot. Um, I think that I checked in on Toronto and Washington one, because I'm still waiting for, I think so we have one goal now. Yeah. I know he had one and it got it got pulled back. Um, but like they're starting to talk now about him and you know, is it affecting the team at this point? It's definitely still too early. But I have most of Matthews I'm looking at Toronto. That's the only game I really checked in on. But other than that, it was it was straight Phillies and I you know, and what am I gonna break after they blow this? So Right. Yeah, now that the Phillies are over, um sounds weird because we're a hockey show, but now we can really focus in on the flyers and focus in on hockey. It's uh, I was expecting the Phillies to go to the world series. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's only another week and then we can get going here. But um, yeah. So ESPN's coverage. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I uh, didn't get to see too much of it. Um, hopefully they do it again because it seemed like a lot of people liked it um, on Twitter. I haven't been as active on Twitter, but from what I saw, people really um, were saying positive things about ESPN's coverage. So pretty cool. Um, uh, one thing that we want to get to here that's uh, more Flyers related is Flyers are going through some, they have some injuries, Jack, on the back end. Um, uh, who the hell is it? Mark Stahl. Um, he's going to be out for a little while, right? I do not remember the, yeah. Oh yeah. It was like six to eight weeks. I thought yep. I read. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, I don't remember what the injury was. I read that. And I, I mean, first thing popped in my head is Zamula or a rookie of some kind, you know, it, it's, it is what it is, but you know, they're going to get hurt. Um, and it, here it comes, it's a newcomer. Um, but on top of that, Risto, who was, uh, you thought was going to be activated soon, suffers a setback. Now he's looking like he's out even longer. Does it doesn't really bother me too much uh, as I alluded to earlier, but it, you know, we'll see how the forwards seem to be, to be holding up pretty well. Um, so Nothing too crazy yet. I mean, Risto didn't even start the season, so I can't say much about that. Stalls, what is he, almost 40? 
So like, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but it gives us a chance to see some of the, uh, if there's any position that you didn't need to get hurt because you're already putting young guys in, but you know what? Screw it. You know, Zamola's off to a good start. Sealer's making himself, he, he could get you something at the deadline. He keeps this up, man. I mean, again, I know six games this is what we have to talk about. If you want to move him, I'm sure there's people who wouldn't want to. Well, this is the thing. And this is why, like, if you're bugging out, about who's made the team, who didn't make the team, who's getting benched and who's playing. This is why you kind of look like a, like an idiot a little bit because injuries are going to come. Injuries happen. It's a fact of life in the NHL. And already we're looking at wrist aligning likely out for a lengthy time here. Didn't start the season. So that gave an opportunity for maybe an Andre. And now you have Mark Stahl who people don't like, which, that's they're right. They can not like a guy. Um, he was playing okay though. He was he had his ups and downs through four games. Was doing okay. He's hurt. All right. So now we're going to see uh, Igor Zamula for an extended period of time, and he has an opportunity. That's that's just how things go. So it's going to happen now. It's going to happen later in the season. It's going to happen next year. Guys are going to get hurt. It's going to give chances for kids to step up and 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 do their thing, and we're seeing that with Zamula. Um, I believe the stall injury had something to do with his ribs. I don't. I, I oh, think yeah, cartilage or something. So yeah, he's going to be out for a little bit. So yeah, so we're not really going to get to see stall. So he'll be probably out until December, December ish, and before you know it, it's January and the trade deadlines around the corner. Boom, boom. Um, all right. Uh, the next topic we had here was Morgan Frost is still sitting, Jack. And, you know, obviously there are some people um, freaking out about that. Like if there's not something to freak out about, they're not happy, right? Yeah, you got that right. In the games well, uh, where Morgan Frost has not played, the Flyers are 2-1-1, one, and one, right? And they arguably should be 3-0-1. Oh, that game last night, they probably should have won. They lost to the hottest team in the league. Defending Stanley Cup champs in Vegas. Um, a 2 nothing win against Vancouver. A 4-1 to win against Edmonton. 5-4 overtime loss against Dallas in Dallas. And a 3-2 regulation loss against Vegas in Vegas. If there's one thing that stands out to me, the Flyers are not missing Morgan Frost in terms of offense. Right, a two nothing. I mean, you know, only two goals against Vancouver and Vegas. Four goals against Edmonton. Four goals against Dallas. A one goal loss to Vegas. Um, it's 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 going to be interesting. I'm going to ask you this question straight off. Does Morgan Frost get in the lineup tomorrow night versus Minnesota? I think he should. I feel like when they pulled him for whatever reason, it's hard to insert him back in when they were playing well. And even in losses, they played well, um, which you could still argue they did against Vegas, but it's almost unfair at this point. Like he's got, unless, unless there's some behind the scenes shenanigans going on, I think you got to get him back in. You don't want to upset the guy, depreciate your, your asset, especially if any of these Pinto rumors come back around. I think they're being force fed because of the situation. It doesn't make them true. Um, but if there is something there, you don't want to, you know, make Frost look worse. 
then they'll if they didn't want to do it to begin with, then they're definitely going to want more from us. They're going to have us by the balls here. He's like, this guy's disgruntled. You're disgruntled. Your coach is disgruntled. Disgruntled with him. He's shown nothing. He's barely played. He's a negative asset on your team this season so far. Um, and you're headed for issues. Why am I going to give you Pinto plus and whatnot? You know, and I felt we were only getting Joseph so they could sign Pinto. Excuse me. So I, I don't see it just I don't see that like that. But if you have interest and think you can finagle something, including for us, well, he needs to get back into the lineup and playing. Um, he's been sitting for I think he's been sitting too long now. It, he only played two games for Christ's sake. Like, you know, give me you got needs more of a chance than that. So unless there's something going on at practices or in the locker room or wherever where he's just him and Torts are just not happy, he's got to get back in. Yeah, I think I think so. Eventually, I mean, uh, you can't keep him on the bench if you if you want a guy to perform. It's impossible to to do that on on the bench. And uh, you know, I'm not as passionate about you know whether he plays or not as some other guys, and that's okay. You know, people are allowed to be passionate about Morgan Frost playing. Um, he did have he did lead the uh, team in points the last what was it three three quarters of the season. You know, that's all we kind of hear about. Um, let me ask you this, Jack, because that's being brought up a lot and I don't want to say that it's deceiving, but when you watched Morgan Frost for three quarters of last season, did it seem like he was like dominating? Like, oh yeah, he's definitely leading the team in points, blah, blah, blah. No, I actually remember being surprised the first time I heard that. I, right. dominating. I mean, it's hard when they're so bad to consider any flyer dominating. I just felt he was opportunistic. I think certain things went his way a little bit, which is why I'm a huge sample size guy. Like, take take a player's – and this is not a perfect apples for apples comparison. If Those of you out there, if you remember, a player named Jonathan Chichu um, played for San Jose with Marlowe and Thornton. He had at least one, if not two, 50-goal seasons. Uh, if he didn't yet, he was in the 40s. And then went elsewhere, signed a big deal, and was nowhere near the 50-goal scorer he was. And that's like two seasons' worth of sample size. So everything you have to take, you know, with with everything is context. Context is everything. I say this all the time. Like, each situation is unique. And I have more sample size of Frost not performing than I do performing. So this season was going to be huge for him. And I'm glad they didn't sign him long term. There's people sign him eight years. Like, can you imagine how stupid they would look right now if they did that? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, so I'm like, they did what they it was a good deal. They worked it out. It, it made no sense to me that he was holding out or whatever happened there. The contract's good. So big season for him, and he can't even get in the lineup right now. Now you want to say that's all Tortorella? Fine. I know he has a lot to do with it, but you can't say it's everything either. Um, so it's this is a big year for him, and the fact that he we're having this issue is very big, big head scratcher. Yeah, I mean, play better. It's really that simple. Outplay Bobby Brink. Outplay Tyson Forrester. Outplay somebody and get in the lineup. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't have. I think favorite players on this team. I want them all to do well and succeed. Um, some more so than others, um, but I don't have like a favorite guy. Like if Morgan Frost is not in the lineup, meh, that means someone's playing better than him, or there's a reason why he's not in the in the lineup. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I look at it. Um, 
And if he does get in the lineup, okay, well, do something now. You have your opportunity. You know, what are you going to do with it? Uh, I, I agree with Tortorella. You know, I didn't get hooked up on all that. Uh, Frost needs this. Like, why does why does he deserve anything? Right? Like th this this kid has been here for how many years now? And shows up for three quarters of a season, and all of a sudden he deserves this. He deserves that. Get on the ice and play your ass off. It's that simple. You don't deserve dick, right? To put it to put it frank, like perform. The season started uh, on October. Uh, I'm sorry, October twelfth, right? Frost was invisible in the game against Columbus and the game against Ottawa. They took him out. The teams looked good the past four games. Maybe he gets in tomorrow night. Um, you say yes. I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think he's going to get back in um, for that game tomorrow night. Um, Minnesota's got the same exact record of us. We obviously know that they're the better team on paper. Uh, they do have that superstar. If he doesn't get in that game, they then play Anaheim. He should definitely get in that game. You yeah. need a game to boost your morale in a way. Um you got to play a team like, again, I don't think they're like, they're pretty close to the bottom uh, dwelling team. I know they have Zegris and Gibson and whatnot, but you know, they, that's a game he gets back. He has to, unless there's something going on that we just don't know about, which I haven't heard any murmurs of. We just all assume that Tortorella flat out doesn't like him. And in a year. That doesn't make sense to me. Does that make sense to you? That Tortorella doesn't like Frost because that's what comes out. And it's like, well, how can you say that? I see him having preferences, but when you see what's going on now, it's I would have never believed it to the extent that it's been drawn out to until this has gone on. And it's like two games is not enough for me to be like, you need to ride the bench. Like, look, I get it. Some, But some guys are slow starters. So, And we know he is. Like I jokingly – and this is the third time I bring this up. We're do, doing our odds for this season, and you know Frost had so many points for the season. Maybe it was fifty or sixty. I can't remember. And I was like, take the uh, half season under for whatever the points is, because he might only get twelve. I was joking, mm -hmm. but he's a slow starter, and I thought he would even be playing at this point. So now that bet suddenly is looking pretty good. But it's it, you, it, two games is not enough. It was a month worth of games, like a good twelve games or something like that. Okay. I can see him a little bit longer, but like two games and no, no sh shot of getting back on the ice. Unless Tortorella is truly impressed with everybody he's seeing, which you can't say that. Like if I look at some players now, it was good that yeah, Kate started getting on the board and he is good defensively. I'm not going to take that away from him, obviously, but like what's Owen Tippett doing? You know I mean? Like he's, he's left to be desired right now from what we expected. Um, so I've been, I've been kind of just, no, I've been okay with Tippett. Um, I'm not, not kid, you know, but he's also Frost is a center. I'm talking about wingers here, but like you, you can't pull Cates. You're not going to put him on your fourth line, you know. So you're not going to you're going to move Lawton. You're going to you're obviously not going to move Coots. So like I look at who's available, and the only guys that I can see them pulling from the lineup just to get him in. And correct me if you disagree. Would be Tippett, which I don't think they're going to do because of what he did last year and what they expect. They probably, if anything, they want to get him going. Um, and Forrester, maybe, but I mean, you have another section of the fan base and up, upheaval about that. I think if he is to, if he is going to get in over somebody, it would be Forrester, and maybe somebody moves back to wing. Um, 
I don't I don't know. It's this is not a lineup that's going to be easy to get into. It's the forward group, in my opinion, is pretty good. There's competition for spots. Like it's it's so good. In my opinion, it's so good that Morgan Frost is not playing. Do you know what I mean? Like they have a roster where they don't need to put Morgan Frost in every game. Um, it's you have to make the roster, make the team, make the lineup. Well, this team's like weakness is defense simply because of depth. Um, you would think when you look at the team, but when I look at the forwards, like the top line maybe is a real top line because TK is just playing out of his mind. If Coots is anywhere back to himself, and then it almost doesn't matter who's out on the wing, but Farabee's look pretty good too. So or whoever they decide to put there, you know, and then you look at the second line, and there's there's young guys there. We like what we're seeing, but if you're actually trying to win games over an entire 82 game season, at some point Frost should get back in if he's that guy. So right now they're playing well. It's it's hard to just pull somebody from the lineup and then juggle your lines around if uh, Tortorella likes what he's seeing. But you don't want to disgruntle a guy and depreciate your asset either. Uh, well, well, that's what I. So here's my thing. So. If you become disgruntled, you failed the test, right? The test for – so Frost is a kid that at least yeah, I get the impression of he's not going to get angry. He's not going to get pissed off. He's not going to say F you and, you know, try to prove you wrong. That's what Tortorella is trying and, – and I can only assume that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to light a fire under his ass. The season started. We don't have time for your slow start bullshit. They need you to play now. The team needs you now. Season, you do you know what I mean? The season started. So when, when you know people on uh, Twitter, oh, Frost is a notoriously slow starter. All right, so the team's got to wait for Morgan Frost to, to, get, to get ready, to get going? No. And so what I see Torts doing is if, if you want to play, you need to do it now. Not on your watch, on the team's watch. Get it going. Stop turning the friggin' puck over in your own zone. The same BS he's been doing his whole career, right? How do you coach that out of a guy if that's just how he is, right? If he's too stubborn to change, make the the. When we watch players, when I when I watch players, the first thing that I look for, Jack, you know what it is? When he has the puck, what's his first pass like? Mm. Right? Where does he go with his first pass? Is it is he confident? Is he um, what's is he intentional with the puck? Um, and in Frost's case, he is. But there are still some times where it's like, what the hell was he thinking there? Why did he do that? You know, why is he trying this backhand uh, behind the back pass or cross ice pass or, you know, how is he turning this puck over in his own zone again? Go this way with the puck and get it out. Otherwise, you know, you become stuck in your zone. Like that stuff matters. If you're stuck in your zone, guys are left out on the ice. You know, people are getting tired. So little stuff like that. I mean, uh, especially when you have a team like the Flyers, you can't have a guy that's maybe not that good doing his own thing. Does that make sense? You need to be on board with what everyone else is doing. That's, that's how I'm taking this. Um, We'll see. We'll see how things play out. Um, I'm I'm hoping Frost gets back in the lineup, you know, maybe puts up a couple points, stops turning the puck over in his own zone. 
can look at coots and uh, I'm sorry, torts and say, Hey, go F yourself. You, you know, you benched me and look what I'm doing. Sometimes having the player not like you and, you know, getting to play like against you is for the player's own good. It's a, it's an old coaching trick, you know, get pissed off at me, prove me wrong. You know what I'm saying? And so Tortorella is a smart man. The, I, I don't believe that he does anything. I think he takes the feelings out of it. So, uh, you know, some of these younger guys on Twitter, oh, it's clearly because he's got a problem with Frost. He doesn't like him. No, get out of here with the feeling stuff. All right? This this guy's coaching to win games. He doesn't give a shit about his, his own feelings, all right, because he doesn't like a player. Frost has had all the opportunity. He had training camp. He had, I mean, two games is a small sample size, I will admit. But if there are guys knocking on the door to, to play over Frost, dude, now's the time. Or you're going to get lapped, bro. They only signed you for two years. If Torts didn't like Frost, they wouldn't have signed them for two years. Right? Because you know Torts is in Danny's ear, yada, yada. Trade his ass for Pinto if you didn't like him. <laughs> um, but they signed him. So I don't buy that for, for a second. Um, I think he's trying to... I think he's trying to light a fire on him. I think he's trying to pull the potential out of him. And we'll see if Frost passes or fails here. It could, it could say a lot if he's going to be here for you know, the next however many years. Well, one thing I definitely agree with is Tortorella. <clears throat> that is definitely his coaching style, and I actually really like that. He wasn't necessarily brought in here to win, although his defensive style of play is going to lead to more wins at a time where we sh probably should be losing. But he's brought in here for the culture, and having that kind of – you know, you're here to play now. You got your, you got paid. You're here to prove it now. Not when you're ready. Exactly. Not when you're like I couldn't agree more with that. I play a little devil's advocate with Frost. Um, I do think they signed, they signed him. He's a restricted free agent. He's an asset from a general mm -hmm. management perspective. They had to, you're not going to take the compensation that you, you're going to keep them and see what happens. And I, that, I believe that, but Tortorella's running the team on the ice. Excuse me. And I can see people jump at the conclusions and all oh, they just doesn't like him because you look at Tortorella and you look at Frost. And I've had my issues with Frost um, early on in his career when, you know, he came up, does something pretty, then disappears. And then he's not training at the facility, but COVID's a thing. And it's like, dude, if it was me and I don't have a, a shred of that talent, I don't care what's going on. I am doing everything I can to play for the Flyers. I will, I'll make myself look good. Where you tell me where to be, you say jump, I say how high, you say run, I say how far. Like I'll do, and he does not. You cannot tell me, based on what we have seen over the time his time as a Flyer, that he, you can't say with confidence that he has that mentality. I'm not going to say he doesn't, but you can't tell me with confidence that he has that mentality. He's a skilled player who, very much like you said, maybe he's doing things on his own. Um, but you can't be a slow starter. Almost everybody else is on board, which is why the team's got a winning record right now against some good teams too. Really, you know, even when in their losses have have performed well, have looked very good. And he just doesn't jive. However, two games is way too short a sample size. He does need to get back in. Um, if you wanted to move off of this, it's not on our notes, but I want to bring it up. Speaking of players who pass the test, you know, so this is from Bill Meltzer from a couple of days ago in regards to Wade Allison. Asked about, and I believe he was speaking to um, Lapierre. Yeah, well, he was speaking to Lapierre. Asked about Wade Allison's play since coming back to Lehigh Value. Lehigh Value. Uh, Lapierre minced no words. The Phantoms coach laced into the power forward, saying he's seen nothing but positive about Allison's play in the first four games to date. 
So that was the 22nd. What's today? The 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably disappointed to be here. Lapierre said, adding that Allison needs to work through it. Look at Lax. It's Lazinski. Yeah. Uh, yes. He's come down here and is doing everything. Uh, he said, Lapierre also said that every organization, not just the flyers notice that's the good old, and I bring it up all the time. And that is the good old Vorobiev effect right there. That's the last thing Allison needs right now is to act like that. So just, I, just a little update on Wade Allison there. Uh, not good. So I but, haven't seen a game since then. Maybe putting that out there got to him, but that is not what you want to hear. No, I totally agree. And writing's on the wall for um, Wade Allison. You know, they, they waved him kind of hoping that another team would pick them up um, to take the salary off the books. Like that's where Wade Allison is in the organization right now. And it's a shame because we all had, uh, you know, we're all rooting for the guy. Um, But in in five games in Lehigh, this is a guy you would expect to at least be putting up some points, uh, zero goals, zero assists in in five games in Lehigh. Uh, I'm looking at two penalty minutes. I'm looking for shots here. Is he getting any shots on goal? Six shots in five games for Wade Allison. This is a guy that, you know, I guess fringe NHL player now. It's a shame. Uh, you brought up Tanner, uh, Tanner Lazinski. I almost said Lanner Tazinski, Jack. It's been a while. Lannister. Uh, seven points in five games for Lazinski. Good for him. A goal and six assists. Uh, Oli Lixell, you mentioned earlier uh, before the show, hat trick the other night, five goals in five games. Very good. Uh, another fringe NHL, in my opinion. Uh, I'm just going to read through the stats here because I haven't watched too much of the Phantoms. I apologize. Uh, Samu Tuomala, Tuomala, a goal and three assists in five games. I got to be honest, I didn't expect him to come over and have the success that he's having right away. Uh, if, if you can come over and play in a league like the AHL, and perform the way he is, that's pretty massive in my opinion. Uh, this could be a guy to, you know, maybe watch this season, watch next year. Maybe he's up with the uh, Flyers sooner than we think. Uh, Ronnie Adder doing his thing, three goals in five games. I'm sorry, three points in five games. Denoye, three points. Adam Jenning, Jack, three points in five games. Huh, that's interesting. Uh, Alexi Gendrone, two goals in three games. And I think that's going to do it for the major prospects. Oh, Helga Grounds, a uh, point in five in five games. So, uh, yeah, there you go. So some of the kids are putting up points. Oh, unfortunately, Zade Wisdom zero points in three games. He had a good camp, so I was expecting more from him. So keep an eye on the farm this year. Be watching more Phantoms uh, than usual, and we'll have updates for you throughout the year. Okay, so. What do you think, Jack? Should we do some? Uh, we got about 15 minutes left in the show. Should we do some some housekeeping here from around the league? You haven't. Was there anything else flyer related that you wanted to touch on? I hope they don't start at 11 p.m. anymore. Uh, yeah. Other than that, not really. I just I'm not a fan of playing every single team at once. A lot of people like to watch hockey throughout the entire week, even if it's not your team. Back when I did. Um, uh, oh my God, it's been full circle. I liked like watching the Flyers on Tuesday night and then going and watching the Devils and the Rangers and what the rest of the division was doing. Made more sense when we were a good team. So let's see if we're keeping pace and whatnot. But uh, having them all playing one night and you're <laughs> the Phillies too, like it just it was idiotic. I hope it never happens again. I think it's stupid. And as a 
And as a fantasy player, uh, I really don't want that to ever happen again. I, I like that. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, oh, cool. You're going to stagger games from 6 to 11. Not going to watch all of them. Um, but I like that you just flat out hate it. You could do that with like five games. Like, you know, yeah. you'll have, you'll need 16 games. Like, sure. or whatever it was. Like, it's idiotic. Like, I don't know. And with Elvis, maybe they're trying to get past the, well, you can't watch this game unless you have Apple TV. And you need Peacock for that game. So we'll just put everybody on. You'll find something to occupy your time. <laughs> got Gary um, all over it. Going back to the 11 o'clock start. So I don't know if I'm getting older or what. But, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd be like, oh, yeah, shit, a 10 o'clock, 1030 start. Sign me up. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a night out kind of guy. I'll be watching the game in bed late. Last night, I didn't stand a chance, man. I'm like, shit, 11 o'clock came quick. Philly sucked the life out of you. Oh, yeah. um, I watched two periods of the Flyers. They looked good. Third period, though, as soon as that intermission came, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to close my eyes here. And if I wake up, I wake up. But <laughs> no. That was a tough one. I think the game ended around 1.45 in the morning. So that's uh, pretty rough if you got to get up for work early. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I heard, too, like, if you're going to play at 6, just play at 5. You know, like, start at 10 like you normally would. Like, what's yeah. the difference? People are still coming home from work in Vegas or whatever. Just idiotic. Yeah. It was weird. Um, so I don't think they'll be playing at 11 o'clock again. They don't usually play at 11 p.m. out west, do they? That was just like a one-time thing. Usually. Yeah, 10 o'clock is the latest. Uh, maybe at 10.30 on a weird occasion, but usually it's 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, 11 o'clock, no good. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's move along here just a little bit. So there was a fight that took place, was it yesterday, during one of these 16 games? Brady yeah. Kachuk and Alex Tuck. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I mean, what's been going around is these two are, are throwing, and as Tuck falls backwards – Kachuk hits him pretty much when he's already on the ice with one more last shot. It looks like he really, really got him pretty good. And everybody's up in arms about the unwritten rules that when you're down, you don't hit a player and whatnot. And when you're talking about like a Chuck, you're kind of like, yeah, well, the definition of breaking unwritten rules are these guys. Um, I'm not taking away against them. I'd take either one of them on my team tomorrow. But he's got a lot of a lot of heat. And I've seen it only in slow motion. Like, which makes everything look worse. But I don't know about you, Jim. I don't know if you've been in many fights. I've definitely only ever been in one hockey fight, and we remained on our feet, um, not including one Donnie Brook. If anybody, you know what that is? I feel like it's like a dead phrase. Um, you got to be an old timer to know what a Donnie Brook is. Uh, basically, a bench clearing brawl. Um, but when you're actually you're in a fight and you're in the moment, I. If he would hit the ice and he straddled him and then hit him, okay, he's done. Like, he's as they're going down, it's another punch. I'm like, I wish he didn't do it, but when you play that in regular speed and you're you're when you're fighting somebody, your adrenaline is absolutely pumping. You're not exactly thinking like I probably shouldn't do this. Like these are the people when you stub your toe and you curse. Oh my god, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, you're right. I thought about that right after I dropped the hammer on my toe. I shouldn't say a bad word. Um. Sh- darn it you know like it's some of that stuff is just idiotic to me i'm not going to be personally too hard on him now but he did get him good it was a pretty clean Uh, it it almost looked um so i i agree uh here's my thought 
if I'm fighting somebody and it's it's like personal, uh, you're a little bit more fired up, and you know you might have something like that happen where you're like, oh shit, in in the moment, you know, I I went a little too far, kind of thing, and the replay that I saw, and it's just replay because it's it's very slow. I didn't see it live. It, it did look like he, he was punching him as they were falling. Like I didn't see him dead stop and go boom. Right. It looked like as they're falling backwards, he, he, he kept punching. And, um, you know, that happens. So it happens so quick. Um, I, I will say that when it's not as personal, you know, some of these fights that these guys have, um, they want to win the fight without hurting the other guy, if that makes sense. So you might see them pull a punch, right? And maybe the more experienced fighters, you know, they, they're more conscious of when a guy's going down, you know, the unwritten rules. Not that Brady Kachuk's not a fighter because he can, you know, he can drop the mitts. Um, but maybe, uh, you know, a guy who, who doesn't fight as much has a little trouble staying, it's going to sound weird, more uh, calm, in a fight, if you will. Yeah. Or some of these guys who, who do it for a living, you know, it's just another day. And this is what I do. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm not as fired up. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I, I get what you're saying. And I, I agree, you know, if a guy's down, especially if it's, you know, it's one of these rules, unwritten rules, you don't punch him while he's down. You got him pretty good though. That's, I think that's what makes it a lot worse. When you see the final result, it's like, Ooh, they, you know, and then everybody's up in arms and it'd be nice if you could stop yourself, but I do. I didn't watch the game, but somebody did say that he tried to slew foot. Uh, mm. Now that's one of the dirtiest things you can do. So yeah, I'm throwing. Are you kidding there me? There you go. Get me hurt? Are you serious? A cheap shot like that? I don't know if that's true. I did read it a couple of times. I have no way of watching this game back. If that's the case, I'm not saying he deserved it, but I would definitely be furious. And that's that the throwing of. Kachuk's hands at that point looked personal, like you were saying, and he's not a he's not a you know a goon. Obviously, he's not going to you know stand there confidently and spin his helmet as he's oh shit as he's <laughs> as he's like you know in the the movie the goon where they're like hey I do this all the time let's go I can do right. this all you know like, he's not like that at all it's like I, the fight that I got in like it was like <laughs> I didn't take my gloves off at first like he just gra got grappled and just started throwing those those fights where they're like I just want to defend my teammate they tend to curl up like they'll grab the guy and kind of tussle and then they kind of oh, okay that did, that did not look like that at all so I, this is one of those things where I'm like okay fighting is allowed in hockey and those people came out of the woods too you know oh I can't believe this is allowed like oh this is anarchy this is Medieval times, like, all right, take it easy, go watch your other sport. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, so for me, I, it doesn't, I'm not up in arms at all. Having, no. you know, having played, you know, it's just been, been there once or twice. It is what it is, things happen. Yeah. It, I mean, that's pretty much the bottom line. I mean, they're, they're fighting, you know, they're, they're literally trying to hurt each other. And uh, while you would like fights to go a certain way every time, it's a violent thing. It's a violent sport. Sometimes mistakes happen. Uh, emotions get the better of guys, yada, yada. Uh, 
I think did did he get punished for for that? I, I thought I saw a one game thing, but uh, maybe yeah, I'm mixing it up with something if else. It, if it was last night, that seems awfully quick. Okay, maybe that wasn't it then. You but see, like, if he if he was to get like a fine or susp- like a one game suspension, I, I would be like, okay, well, you know, I can see why he would say that. Hmm. But on the other hand, it's like if he doesn't, it's like, well, okay, got away with well, one there. Let's go back to uh, a couple of years ago when somebody grabbed, uh, was it Will, Tom Wilson from behind? And he was mm-hmm. a lot smaller of a player. And Wilson just came out like, you know what I mean? Like, well, everybody defended Wilson. Oh, you don't know who's behind you. It could be stabbing him. You know? Well, if that's the case there, is this really that big of a deal? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Wilson's the experienced fighter. Other guys going in there like any teammate to break it up. And he comes out just absolutely swinging. So I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of – this is why I think you just need – it just whatever happens, happens, unless you can really show, like, true intent, like Todd Bertuzzi taking the, the stick to the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like okay, yeah. that, that's their story. So Yeah, man, for sure. See that in either either case here. So it, it's hockey. Fighting is allowed, and this is what happens. And I'm not against it. I'm not. I would agree. Okay, let's move on to our next point here. So I had just seen this before our show, and I kind of can't wait to watch it. So there's going to be a a documentary about former first overall pick, Alexander Daig. Uh, It comes out in 2024, and it's going to be on Prime Video. So I'm looking at a title here. Prime Video takes to the ice with two must-see Amazon Canadian original documentaries produced in association with NHL Productions. Chosen One, Alexander Daig and Saving Sackick, debuting in 2024. Jack, are you going to watch these documentaries? I'm going to be all over. You know what? First off, former Flyer, mind you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was at his – He when we got him, he went immediately when I was on a gold drought, and I was at a game against Pittsburgh, and then my dad's like, they're going to win three to two. I said, I think they're going to win four to three. Well, they're winning three to two and Pittsburgh forces overtime back when you could have a tie. Hextall was in that. And wouldn't you know, Alexander Day gets on a breakaway. And as he gets tripped, he lifts the puck, roofs it over Tom Barrasso and a Flyers one in, a, uh, in overtime, four to three, just like I wrote it up. I thought it was the coolest thing. But what is he most famous for saying? Dave, I don't know. He was drafted number one overall. He said something along the lines of they never remember who, who went next or who went second. Guess who went second? Who was it? Chris Pronger. <laughs> so he already looked like a jackass from day one, unfortunately. So did he say that? He really said, yeah, it was I might not have said it perfectly, but it was pretty damn close to what he said. And Pronger, I believe it was like the Nordiques or something, or Whalers. Like a weird team. He didn't start with this with the blues. But yeah, um he was the Whalers, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then I don't even remember who took two day went to. I think actually, I think it was Ottawa. Actually, I do think it was Ottawa. It was Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I don't know. It just popped in there. But um, yeah. So and to say that and to live up to nowhere near the like he what was that ninety four ninety five something like that and he was on the Flyers by ninety seven or eight. So I mean he did, he fizzled out pretty quick. Yep. Yep. I'm looking forward to watching that. No, that's great. Um, that's really my error. So like even I was kind of young. So like I, uh, I would love to see that. I hope we see more of these like hockey documentaries doing well, this kind of stuff. Do Hopefully they do it good. So yeah. I, so that'll be in 2024. It doesn't have a specific month, but if you have Amazon Prime, 
Um, I'm hoping it's going to be on the U.S. Amazon Prime. It says just Canadian here, but we'll see. Um, so that's something to look forward to, I guess. All right, so we're about an hour in, Jack. Let's get to the Flyers' upcoming schedule and see what we think is going to happen. So the Flyers are 3-2-1, and one, and they come back home from their mini uh, West Coast, I guess if you want to call it West Coast, Alice is sort of out there, uh, trip. They have a three-game homestand coming up. It uh, starts tomorrow against Minnesota. They then, they then have Anaheim on Saturday and Carolina on Monday. Uh, the homestand concludes Wednesday against Buffalo. So you guys will probably hear us, I would assume, next Tuesday. Jack, on this upcoming four-game homestand against Minnesota, Anaheim, Carolina, and Buffalo, how do the Flyers fare? What's their record after these four games? Well, I think they're going to go 2-1-1, two, two, one and one, which would make them 5-3-2. and two. Mm -hmm. I think they'll lose in a shootout to Minnesota. I think they'll beat Anaheim. I think they'll lose to Carolina, and I think they could beat Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good assessment there. Uh, let's see how these guys are doing. Uh, you said Minnesota's off to the same start as the Flyers, 3-2-1. and one. Same exact record. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the Ducks are two and four. They're playing Boston tonight, who's six and oh, so I'd be surprised if they won that one. Wow, uh, Boston six and oh, wow. Yeah, uh, Hurricanes are only three and four, but I think we can understand that they're a pretty good team. I don't see Buffalo quite yet on this list. Buffalo is three and four, same record. Okay, so but I just you know, outside of, I mean, we'll see if Tuck's playing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember seeing that much about an injury, but they're a weird team. So I'll, uh, I think, they, I just feel like they usually take care of business against Buffalo, no matter what they're going through. Um, so who knows? We'll see. The Buffalo's definitely got some young talent coming up for sure. And they Fair got enough. Bowling, they got Owen Power, all that. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, I don't know if people are injured right now for other teams, to be honest with you. And that, that of course matters. Uh, yeah. So, Couple big games coming up early in the season. We'll see if the Flyers can continue the good play. They've they've been a fun team to watch, and you know, compared to the last handful of years, um, it's still a breath of fresh air. They were they were a fun team to watch last year, in my opinion. They are even more fun to watch this year. They're building towards something. They have a clear direction. They're you know, doing what they need to do on the ice. Maybe they're not the best team yet. Maybe they're not winning every game. Um, but you can see the compete, the desire to compete and try to win is there. There's no quit, even though they lost uh, in, in heartbreak fashion last night to Vegas. Uh, things are coming together. It's going to be a long season. There's six games in, and uh, we'll see how they do tomorrow night. The game's going to be on ESPN Plus or Hulu. So make sure if you don't have those channels yet, make sure you get them or steal someone's password. One or the other. <laughs> um, anything else, Jack, before we wrap this baby up? That's all I got this week, sir. All right. Let's uh, take it home then. Everyone will probably be back next Tuesday with the Flyers playing Carolina on Monday and then Buffalo on Wednesday. Um, so make sure to uh, like and subscribe now so you can get alerts when we go live for next week's show. Um, that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, everybody have a good night. Let's go Flyers. Let's go Flyers. Rob Zepp. <laughs>